Hi, this is Jovi. And this is Charlie. And you're listening to Bed Bed Crime Crime Stories. (laughs) (laughs) This is a weekly true crime podcast. (laughs) Hold on. This is a weekly true crime podcast where we pour ourselves a drink and we take turns telling each other. (laughs) (laughs) Why is so funny? I have the giggles. The stories that keep us up at night. I said my name so stupid. I was like, and this is Charlie. <laughs> We're keeping all of them. Yes, yes. None of that is getting edited out because that is fantastic. <laughs> the giggles, guys. This is going to be a long evening. It's going to be wunderbar, wund- oh, wonderful, goodness. whatever. We are almost at the holidays, guys. Oh well, yes. wait a minute. By the time you guys hear this, Thanksgiving would have passed. So Thanksgiving will be over, but we're almost at Xmas. Woohoo! I I don't know about you guys, but I am broke as fuck. Broke as a joke this year, because you know, uh, well, no, maybe you don't know, because I don't think I talked about it. But my my oldest doggy Rainy has been going through some stuff with her eye. Um, mm. so we she's been going to the vet every week and medications and this that and the other thing. So I'm a little on the broke side, but anything anything for my potato because mm-hmm. she deserves it and she is literally the best dog ever she's a potato she is she is but her eye is doing much better mm-hmm. it's it's still a work in progress but it looks a lot better yeah so yeah but yeah broke as a joke for the holidays yay i was gonna say yeah and of course perfect timing right <laughs> of course always it, it always. always works out that way mm-hmm. you know life always gets in the way always always life finds a way Yes. Thank you, Jurassic Park. <laughs> Thank you. Malcolm. Ian, right? Ian oh, was his first Jeff name. Goldblum. Yeah. Jeff oh, that's Goldblum right. You never right? you I've never seen didn't. it. That's right. Yes. <laughs> never seen it. I Ladies just know it's and gentlemen, Jeff Goldblum. Charlie's weird. She has not seen any of the Jurassic Park movies, and that is a shame because they are a goddamn cinematic masterpiece. I don't get dinosaurs. Like, I understand what they are. I know that they're real, obviously, because I'm an idiot. But, like, I don't get... Because they're just fucking cool, dude. I don't get dinosaurs. Well, they don't get you. That's fine. They're like, they're... fuck you, Charlie. That's fine. My scientific fascination is space, not dinos. There. And mine is dinos. I love everything having to do with space. But I also like space, too. Do you I like don't space know. dinosaurs? I... Ooh. <laughs> yes. I kind of, yes. <laughs> yes, dinos in space. Dinos in space. Any who's her. <laughs> so you're watching anything fun? Did I watch anything? I don't think I have. Since the last time we recorded, no. Mm-hmm. No, I haven't been doing much of anything, but living in my head. So, um, but, 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 Charlie, one of our favorite shows, the second season just dropped and sex lives of college girls second season just dropped i'm very Mm -hmm. excited i can't wait to watch it i'm super stoked about it too it's going to be awesome Mm -hmm. yeah because the first season was fantastic Mm -hmm. first season was very fantastic super bingeable Mm -hmm. i'm going away for work at the beginning of next week so Mm -hmm. that's like already i'm already planning on that being my hotel my hotel show nice it'll be perfect it'll be perfect yeah but um so yeah if you guys haven't seen that show yet it's on hbo max and you need to watch Mm -hmm. it because it is wonderful and you will love it i guarantee Mm -hmm. it it's great 
great. Are you watching anything? Um, nothing true crimey. My boyfriend was away for work this week, so I just watched a lot of like trash TV. Mm-hmm. Like best caught TV up on ever. the Kardashians. Oh Jesus Christ. It's the worst. It is. <laughs> it's the worst. I watch it, it every week. But you know what it is? It's like it's that whole thing of I love drama that's not mine. And they are constantly in the drama. Yeah, though I will say this new like Hulu show, the Hulu Kardashians, is not as good as Keeping Up was. No. No, Keeping Up was a lot more dramatic and like, I mean, obviously probably substantial. Well, I don't want to say more staged because this one's pretty damn staged, but <laughs> the first one was a little bit more dramatic. This one is basically like weekly hour long advertisements for all of their various mm, businesses. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's like we get it. We, we know what you got. Yeah, we're fully aware mm-hmm. that you pretty much own like corner of the market on every single type of product or service and uh, don't care. I'm not going to buy it. <laughs> oh, and also this week I did get Taylor Swift tickets and I didn't have to sell my soul to do it. We all know, right? I got ridiculously lucky. Yes, you really considering did. Considering what everybody else was going through. You really did. I was in the queue for almost five hours. Jesus. And was actually able to purchase tickets at like face value before they went crazy price gougy. Ridiculous. So yeah, like I, I am incredibly, incredibly lucky. The things that people are going through right now and the fact that there's like literally like this is the Friday after this, this is the Friday that the general sale was supposed to happen. And obviously we know that that didn't. Yeah. And there's no more tickets left. Just gone. Tour's over. Well, tour's not over, but sale is. That's absolutely sad. Like I could care less about T-Swizzle or Swivel or whatever the fuck her name is. But Neither of those things, but it's okay. <laughs> Swifty, Swifter, mm-hmm. whatever. Regardless, Maybe. I feel bad for the fans. I feel yeah, bad that sucks. of all the stuff that they went through, because regardless of the artist, nobody should have to go through that. No, absolutely. It's it's ridiculous. And, and honestly, like, it's not just her. It's other artists as well that you know, are partaking in that, that gauge pricing or whatever. Um, when pink came around before this tour, when she came here, mm-hmm. her cheapest seats were almost $300 and that was yep. nosebleed. Yep. I was saying to Charlie the other day, I remember when you actually had to go to Ticketmaster mm-hmm. to buy tickets or even in the early days of website Ticketmaster, the most expensive ticket was like a hundred bucks, 120 bucks after fees. And the nose, maybe, maybe, maybe. (laughs) And the nosebleeds were only like $35. Seriously. So what the hell happened? Like, listen, I get it. You know, inflation prices change with the times fine, but this is absolutely insane. How are the fans supposed to go to these places where they're supposed to escape and be with other fans and enjoy the music and enjoy seeing their favorite person live when they could barely afford it? Yeah. Concert going should not be like an elitist activity. No. And it's, that's exactly what it's becoming. Correct. And that makes me really sad. It sucks. Yeah. It it does. Like you said, regardless of who the artist is, it shouldn't be that way. Nope. It really shouldn't. Mm -hmm. Because you know what, without, without their fans, they wouldn't be selling tickets for this much money. Correct. So, Mm -hmm. but I digress. I dig rests. Yes. But any hooser. 
All right. right. Well, I guess it's time now that we've talked about literally nothing having to do with your crime. Um, it is time for a little bad crime stories. So I'm going to pass it on over to you, Jovi, for uh, tonight's story. If you don't mind taking it away. I will take it from you and I put it in my pocket because in my pocket, in, my pocket. Um, in the brain pocket. No, I do like that brain pocket saying that we came up with. What was it last week or the week before? I don't remember. <laughs> I think I think it was last week. Um, anyway, all right. So tonight, my story is coming from us from the land down under. Mm. I am continuing with this thing where I try to find the lesser known stories, but I have a feeling most of you guys have heard this one. I I heard about it, but mm-hmm. I didn't know the details until I did this. And my God, um, mm. I will say this is kind of gross. Um, so I'm not, I go into a little detail, but not really, but it's enough to kind of make your tummy do a little twirly. Mm-hmm. Um, and there is a really sad part of the story that involves an animal so yeah with that being said so tonight's story is going to be the story of Catherine knight she yeah. is the the cannibal down under oh no yeah but but <laughs> oh, but no but mm. it's it's she doesn't actually do the eating okay. uh, you'll see you'll see okay okay so my sources for tonight are of course wikipedia hmm and my new favorite, All That's Interesting, mm-hmm. an article by Katie Serena, and a daily news article by Mara Bobson. Yeah. So here we go. Now, Catherine Knight was born due to quite the scandal. Okay. Her mom, Barbara Rowan, was married to her husband, Jack Rowan. And they lived in Aberdeen in New South Wales, Hunter Valley. Okay. Jack and Barbara had four sons together and things were going good. Um, Living the bet, living their life, living the dream, you know. However, Barbara began to have an affair with Ken Knight, who is a friend and co-worker of Jack's. (laughs) Mm. So hmm. Mm. Because they lived in such a small town, obviously, we're traveled fast, and it wasn't long before most people knew what was going on. And because of people running their mouth and the backlash of it, Barbara and Ken moved from Aberdeen to Maury. Okay. And now none of her four sons actually went with her to Oof. live with her. Mm-hmm. The two oldest stayed with their dad, and the younger two were sent to be raised by an aunt in Sydney. Okay. Barbara then had four additional children with Ken, including twin girls, both obviously born on October 24th. I don't know why I said it like that, because whatever. I mean, one could be born right before midnight. One could be born right after midnight. So not always obvious. That's true. But no, they were both born mm-hmm. on October 24th of 1955. Mm-hmm. And that's one of which being Catherine. Yeah. In 1959, Jack actually passed away. So the two oldest sons that were living with him moved in with Barbara and Ken and their four kids. Jeez. So that's a that's full a ass bunch. house. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Now I'm sure as you could probably guess, Ken Knight was a violent alcoholic. Mm. Um, of he, he, of course, it, I mean, it wouldn't be a true crime story if we didn't have at least one violent correct. alcoholic in the mix. Yeah, correct. Yes. 
Um, and he would constantly rape Barbara, sometimes up to 10 times a day. And then because of this, she would tell her daughters about her sex life and how much she hated sex and men. Yeah, I know. I know. Oof. Yeah. Girl. Yeah. No. Mm. Ew. Mm-mm. Catherine claims that she was frequently sexually assaulted by several members of her family, but not her father. And it continued until she was about 11. And her claims have been confirmed by other members of the family. Jeez. Yeah. Uh, whoop. I scrolled too far. That is nope. Okay, here we are. <laughs> <laughs> when she attended high school, she was a, lo- a loner and a bully who assaulted at least one boy with a weapon and was once injured by a teacher. Now, come to find out later on that the teacher was actually acting in self-defense. Oh. Yeah. Mm. What she did to this teacher for them to act in self-defense, it never said anywhere, but, you know. Yeah. (laughs) If you could only hear that, um, well, obviously you could only hear that because this is an audio medium, Mm -hmm. but I was, I was chomping. Mm-hmm. Like she, so she chased at the around bit. and chomped at him. I mean, probably it's it's very possible. Mm-hmm. When she wasn't acting angry or acting out, she was actually a model student and earned awards for her good behavior. So it was like one extreme to the other. Yeah, that's like, crazy. Yeah, she never learned how to read or write, and she quit high school at the age of fifteen to work at a clothing factory. A year later, she landed her quote unquote dream job at a slaughterhouse cutting out the internal organs of animals that's um (laughs) okay (laughs) that's worrisome okay you know i've had this conversation before uh when people have said like this person has a weird dream job and it is kind of like kooky i've always wanted to be a funeral director not a mortician i don't want to do the embalming i just always want to be a funeral director okay because I feel as though when you're a, a, a person who has lost someone and you are in mourning, mm-hmm. you have to have somebody there who's obviously incredibly empathetic and yes. whatever to kind of like bring you through the, the, the journey of, you know, lo- laying your loved one to rest. Yes. That's why I want to be a funeral director to like provide empathy and guidance to the bereaved. Right. But I don't want to be a funeral director so I can embalm bodies for like fun yeah again like and hey no tea no shade no pink lemonade you if that's your thing fine we need we need you know morticians that like it's a a job that needs to exist agreed but not your thing like scraping the innards out of animals at a slaughterhouse that's a weird dream job but their jobs are necessary, especially Correct. for us meat eaters. So, like, there's nothing yeah. wrong with it. But, like, just knowing the story, it makes it seem so much worse. Correct. That's all. That's all we're saying. That's right. all we're saying. Right. <laughs> with that being said, but like you said, knowing about the rest of her life, Correct. that's when it gets to be like, oh, mm. okay. I mean, that tracks. It mm-hmm. tracks. Mm-hmm. Um, doing this, she was mm-hmm. quickly promoted to boning. And now in case you don't know what boning is, it's removing the bones from the animal carcass. Right. When something is boned, it doesn't mean that it has bones in it. It means that bones have been removed from it. Correct. They, she was actually given her own set of butcher's knives. <laughs> she kept these said knives hung above her bed. So as Catherine said, 
that they would, quote, always be handy if I needed them, end quote. Yeah. And she did this everywhere she lived until she was incarcerated. I mean, it's it's a weird, uh, you know, home self-defense robbery self-defense system but you do you boo boo yeah yeah no okay yeah. while working in the butcher shop knight met david kellett also another raging alcoholic much like her father and he was very much prone to fistfights mm-hmm. used to this kind of violence knight surprised her new beau when she joined in one of his drunken fistfights mm-hmm. he soon realized however that she was very capable of doing more than a little damage with her fists. And before long, he found himself being dominated by her. Mm. Catherine and David got married in 1974 and they arrived at the church on her motorcycle. She was driving and David was extremely intoxicated riding bitch or on, on the pillion on the pillion which is the is that what that's called yes i didn't know that it's the back it's called, seat of a motorcycle <laughs> that's what called, i always called it it's called a pillion it's that cushion that's the name of the yeah. cushion yeah Good to know so yeah and as soon as she could barbara again knight's mom mm-hmm. gave him some advice and this is a quote direct from david mm-hmm. quote the old girl knight's mother said to me to watch out you better watch this one or she'll fucking kill you. Stir her up the wrong way or do the wrong thing and you're fucked. Don't ever think of playing up on her, cheating on her. She'll fucking kill you. And that was her mother talking. She wow. told Yeah. She told me she's got something loose. She's got a screw loose somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> Their marriage was doomed from the get-go. On their wedding night, Knight tried to strangle David. She later explained it was because he fell asleep after only having sex three times. I mean, did she want to go 20? Like, I don't. I mean, she got stamina. I guess. I guess. But damn. The marriage was very violent. Shocking. I know. On one occasion. Yeah, right. On one occasion, a very pregnant Catherine burned all of his clothing and shoes before hitting him in the back of the head with a frying pan, all because he came home late after a darts competition. Did he win? It didn't say. Well, I would hope so. I, I would I would hope so after all that. <laughs> yeah, you would hope. Oof. He quickly fled for his life, understandably, going to a neighbor's house and passing out, which he was then treated for a severely fractured skull. Police wanted to charge Knight, but she quickly, of course, changed her behavior and was like, oh, David, you don't have to do that. Blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. Mm-hmm. She ultimately talked him into dropping the charges. So nothing, nothing was ever done. She beat right. him with a frying pan and nothing was done. And, and that's and that's the end. That's the end. Mm-hmm. In May of 1976, shortly after the birth of their first daughter, Melissa Ann, David left Knight for another woman and moved to Queensland. He wasn't able to cope with the abuse, which, I mean, he did get beat with a frying pan. Yeah. Just saying. Mm-hmm. The, the following day, as she was pushing her baby in a stroller down a main street, she was seen violently throw, throwing the stroller from side to side. 
She was arrested and admitted to St. Elmo's Hospital in Tamworth and diagnosed with postnatal depression. Mm. After spending several weeks recovering, she was released. Now, (laughs) not long after she was released, she put two-month-old Melissa on local train tracks shortly before a train was due to come by. Wow. The train never came, so the infant, you know, so Melissa was spared. But, like, only by luck. Yes. Right. Yes, because a stranger seen her and was like, uh, why is this child? I'm going to go get that baby. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. All the while, she started threatening several people with a stolen axe. She was arrested again (laughs) and taken back to St. Elmo's. And magically, she recovered and signed herself out the next day. You know, mm-hmm. it's incredibly sad. It is very sad. It's incredibly sad because sad. obviously this person is suffering greatly from mental health issues. Correct. It's incredibly sad that like, that's just, she signed herself out. Like there really she shouldn't have been allowed to what was happening. Yeah, exactly. After yeah. everything that was going on, that's just okay. Yeah. Now don't forget this was in, um, in the seventies. So I, it couldn't have been as strict yeah. as it is, or is it even that strict now, honestly? Yeah. Um, but no, it is very sad. A few days after signing herself out, she slashed the face of a woman with one of her butcher's knives and demanded that she take her to Queensland so that she could find David. Mm. The woman escaped when they stopped at a gas station, and before the police could arrive, Catherine took a young boy hostage at knife point. Police disarmed her by attacking her with brooms and they admitted her to Morissette Psychiatric Hospital. She spent a few months in the psychiatric hospital where she told nurses that she intended to kill a mechanic who had fixed Kellett's car because that made it possible for him to leave her. Gotcha. I was just going to say, because when you first just said mechanic, I'm like, that is oddly specific. Yes. Yeah. But there's a reason. So, okay. it came together. It came yeah. together. Catherine was released a few weeks later in August of 1976. Despite her threats and violent behavior, David took her back. Yeah. On, go ahead. I was just going to say, you know, not only women can be abused, right? Nope. And we all know what happens when we see that abusive cycle happen they're continued yep. to get taken back because that's just what what they know they know yeah, yeah. it's sad mm-hmm. on march 6 1980 they had another daughter natasha marie and david did eventually leave her after 10 mm-hmm. years mm-hmm. um it doesn't really say much more as to when exactly why exactly what happened it just kind of ends that's it Mm -hmm. they kind of end their storyline there yeah in 1986 she met a 38 year old miner named david saunders and had a world a whirlwind romance with him only after a few months of dating he moved in with her and her daughters but he still kept his old apartment night soon became incredibly jealous and suspicious about what he did when she wasn't around. It was a mm-hmm. never-ending cycle. She would throw mm-hmm. him out because of her jealousy and then inevitably beg him to return over and over again. Right. Which is obviously quite the pattern pattern of behavior for her. Correct. In now this is the sad part. In May of 1987, 
you know, I'm not, she did something to his two month old dog in front of him for (gasps) no reason other than as an example of what would happen if he had ever cheated on her. And then after she did that, she knocked him unconscious with a frying pan. Oh my God. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. And like completely unprovoked. It's not like he had no. cheated on her. It's just like, if you do, this is what could happen to you. Yeah. Wow. That's terrible. Like, don't take it out on the dog, bro. Like, why? Correct. Why? Don't take it out on the dog. Don't put your kid on a train track. Nope. Let's just not do Let, those things. Let's let's skip that. Let's skip mm-hmm. that. Regardless of all this, David stayed with her and she gave birth to her third daughter, Sarah, in June of 1988. Mm-hmm. The couple and their daughter and her other daughters moved into a house that Catherine decorated with animal skins, skulls, horns, rusty animal traps, leather jackets, old boots, machetes, rakes, and pitchforks. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) No space, including her ceilings were left uncovered. So she covered it all. Like actually plastered the room with this stuff. Yes. Knight hit David in the face with an iron before stabbing him in the abdomen with a pair of scissors after an argument. This was his breaking point. He left her and went into hiding. She did try to, yeah, she did try to find him. No one would tell her where he was or even admitted they knew where he was. Mm -hmm. Several months later, he came back to try to see his daughter, but Catherine got a restraining order against him saying that she was afraid of him. Wow. Mm Mm-hmm. Wow. I don't know why it's not like that. <laughs> wow. wow. You, you were wow. just very surprised, I guess. Yes. In 1991, she met a man named John Chillingworth. They stayed mm-hmm. together for three years and had a child, Eric, which was her first son. Mm-hmm. While no violent incidents have been reported about their relationship, it ended, it ended after he found out that Catherine was having an affair with the name with a man named John Charles Thomas Price. The beginning mm. of hers and John's relationship was without complications. Mm-hmm. He he had two older children who lived with him and they seemed to really get along and like Catherine and he made enough money as a minor to keep her comfortable. John Price, they used to call him Pricey, which I think is cute. Yeah. <laughs> was well aware of Knight's violent reputation as she moved to it, into his house in 1995. And apart from some violent arguments, at first, life was a bunch of roses. Mm. In 1998, Knight suggested that they get married. And when Price refused, an argument ensued. Mm. Now, <laughs> this is petty as fuck. As revenge, she took pictures and showed them to his boss of items that he stole that he had stolen from work. Now, these items were just old out-of-date medical kits that he kind of took from their garbage room or their, you know what I mean, like mm-hmm, things that they mm-hmm, were going to mm-hmm. throw away anyway, so it mm-hmm. wasn't like he was technically stealing. Okay. Like, you know what I mean, like something yeah. that kind of a thing. Um he was fired. Sh- and, sure. <laughs> yeah, but he had that job for 17 years. Wow. Yeah. So needless to say, that same day, John gave her the boot. Good gracious. Mm-hmm. While their relationship rekindled a few months later, he didn't let her move back in with him, which good on him. Yeah. 
And according to their friends and neighbors, Knight's violence, excuse me, began to escalate. Mm -hmm. In February of 2000, an argument between John and Catherine came to a head with her attempting to stab him in the chest. He got a restraining order against her in an attempt to keep his children safe. Toward the end of the month, Price let on that he was concerned for his safety and told his co-worker that if he ever went missing, it was because Catherine had killed him. So <laughs> thankfully he said that, <laughs> but oh my God, that's terrifying. That is terrifying. That is incredibly terrifying. Yes. On February 29th, 2000, John Charles Thomas Price came home from work and followed his usual routine of checking in with the neighbors, talking a bit, and then going to bed at 11. Catherine arrived at his house while he was sleeping. She sat watching TV for a few minutes before taking a shower. After her shower, she woke up Price. They had sex, after which he fell asleep. It was at this time that she reached for her butcher's knife. Good gracious. Oh God. Okay. So just as a forewarning, this is where it gets a little, uh, a little grody. much, a little, little grody. Much. Yes, yes, yes. Catherine stabbed Price with a butcher's knife while he was sleeping. According to the blood evidence, he awoke and tried to turn on the light before attempting to escape while she chased him through the house. Mm. He managed to open the front door and get outside, but at this point, he either stumbled back inside or was dragged back into the hallway where he finally died after bleeding out. His autopsy revealed that he had been stabbed at least 37 times in both the front and back of his body with mm. many of those wounds extending into vital organs. Yeah. Several hours later, after John Price had died, Catherine skinned him and mm. hung his skin from a meat hook in the living room. She then decapitated him and cooked parts of his body, serving up the meat with baked potato, pumpkin, beetroot, zucchini, cabbage, yellow squash, and gravy in two settings at the dinner table. There were notes besides each plate, each having the name of one of his children on it. She was going to serve his body to his children as a meal. Oh, my God. Yes. A third meal was thrown out the back lawn, and it's speculated that she had tried to eat it, but could not. Price's head was found in a pot with vegetables. Mm. The pot was still warm, indicating that the cooking had taken place in the early morning. That's as graphic as it gets. So, sorry about that. Wow. But goddamn. Wow. Just goddamn. At 6 a.m., the next day, which is the morning that she cooked his head, mm -hmm. a neighbor became concerned that Price's car was still in the driveway. And then when he didn't show up to work, his employer sent a worker to see what was wrong. Both the neighbor and the worker tried knocking on his bedroom window to wake him, but they called police after noticing blood on the front door. Breaking down the back door, police found Price's body with Catherine completely comatose from taking a large number of pills next mm. to him, God. next to his body. Yeah. What was left of it. Despite her claims that she had no recollection of the night John died, Catherine was quickly charged with murder. And of course she pled not guilty. Mm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. In October of 
2001, her trial commenced, but it didn't get very far. For reasons that remain unclear, Knight changed her changed her plea from not guilty to guilty, and the judge adjourned the case without testimony. She was escorted to prison that day, and the judge ordered that her papers be marked never to be released. <sighs> Smartest thing he could have done. <laughs> For real. For the first time in history, a woman in Australia was given a life sentence without parole. To this day, Catherine Knight nevertheless maintains her innocence and refuses to accept accept responsibility for her actions wow she also tried to appeal her sentence and was denied almost immediately and she is currently still serving her life sentence at silver water women's correctional center and that is the incredibly crazy story of Catherine knight that's in that's insane yeah that's insane for sure and like there there's books about her i think they're they made like a made for tv movie about it too mm-hmm. but just god damn bro <laughs> sorry about disgusting you guys that's just no yeah. that one was rough yeah it, it wasn't was rough it wasn't fun and like thankfully when i was looking for pictures and i went to murderpedia because murderpedia does have the best pictures um, there was or the no... worst, depending on your perspective. Correct. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah. Correct. Yeah. Thank God there were no pictures of the supposed meals. There was no picture of his head. There was no picture of nothing. There was nothing pictured except for like they. T- there was a picture of the kitchen, but there was no blood or anything. I just think it was the picture of where it took place. Right. Um, so yeah, thankfully I didn't have to see any of that. Yeah. There were pictures of like what like staged meals but like you knew that was fake so whatever but i was just like oh god damn thank god well that's like even murderpedia with Dahmer. they Mm. because of course obviously they found all the stuff in his fridge and in that Mm -hmm. that blah blah but they show like there's a picture of the inside of the fridge but everything's like wrapped Mm -hmm. so you Mm -hmm. can't you cannot see obviously you know what it is you can't see it you can't whatever make it out it's not like there's yeah distinguishable things in there you know i got you so thankfully that is not the case for that one that is that is good like i always (laughs) warn you guys yeah the travis alexander crime scene with joey arias do not look that up on wikipedia nope i will never get over that nope those images will not be unseen no i'll never get over that that and there's a great the documentary itself is fantastic but there's a great documentary on hbo called um what's happened what happened to aunt diane or what's happening with aunt diane or something like that yeah that story is incredibly sad but anyway they show a picture of diane's body post accident uh, and no. it's just like really we needed to really on a documentary yeah, like, we didn't need that uh-uh no we did Mm-mm. not need that that no. is incredibly disturbing and i wish that there was some sort of like warning <laughs> but there was no warning all of a sudden they're like scene i'm like oh, okay <laughs> well, i really wish that. i was like put my laundry away when that happened and i was not yeah, yeah so yeah yeah well that was a crazy story and it was definitely one that i've never heard of before oh really yay yep. <laughs> i did one that charlie's never heard of <laughs> definitely have never heard of that one before it's terrible yeah no it's um but great job thank you thank you well guys Thank you all so much for listening again this week. I hope that you had a lovely Thanksgiving. Um, I think we're like, what, 
when you hear this is probably two weeks after Thanksgiving, but first or last recording prior to Thanksgiving. So I just want to go ahead and wish you guys all a great holiday Mm -hmm. time Mm -hmm. because there's lots going on, right? Hustle and bustle. But yeah, thank you guys so much for, for listening. As always, we appreciate every single one of you guys, you know, thank you so much for all of the interactions on Instagram and yes, you know, just for being here and listening and participating with us. We do appreciate all of that. We really do. It's nice. Yeah, it is really, really nice. So wherever you're listening, please make sure you like, rate, review, subscribe, tell a friend. Also, please make sure that you're following us on Instagram. Our handle at Instagram is at bedcrimestories. Um, if you have any story suggestions, you can either DM us at Instagram or you can send us an email. Um, our email is bedcrimestoriespod at gmail.com. Um, yeah, I think that's pretty much it. So guys. Oh, no. You forgot something. I'm just going to say now. Oh, sorry. <laughs> you did that to me once. So, you know, I when know. I got you back, I know. <laughs> um, so guys, please, um, as we always remind you, please be kind, be the bandaid and, uh, yeah, let's, let's just have a good rest of 2022. Yes, please. I think that's it. Yes. But we'll talk to you guys next week, but until then, sweet, sweet dreams. dreams, gobble, gobble. our theme song is the song industrial music box by kevin mcleod at incompetech.com licensed under creative commons by attribution 3.0 creativecommons.org backslash licenses backslash by backslash 3.0